Hello, and welcome to the Planet Eclipse podcast. We are a roughly bi-weekly pop music and pop culture podcast related to all goings-on in the world of pop. Each week, a rotating group of panelists will be discussing pop culture topics that they find interesting. All panelists of this podcast are members of the Planet Eclipse Discord server. If you'd like to join us, pop in, have some conversations about music with us, you can find the invite URL for the server down in the description on whichever platform you might be using to listen. I'm Sean, and I'll be one of your two main hosts on this podcast journey. You can find me on Discord under the username Amerishawn, hash 8017. That's A-M-E-R-I-S-E-A-N. Hash 8017. I'm Morgan and I'm on the podcast as well. You can find me on Discord at DJ Buttstuff Barbie hash 7175, or I'm also on Twitter at DJ Buttstuff Barb. That's DJ Buttstuff Barb, like the Nicki Minaj stan. All one word. Uh, this week, Morgan and I are going to be doing something a little bit different. There's only going to be one segment, and it's just going to be us talking about Tovlo. That's right. This week, Sean and I are going to take a very exhaustive look at Tovlo, ranging from her songs to her music videos, breaking down each album cycle and her unreleased and collabs as well. But before we get into any of that, Morgan and I are going to do a quick little fun game. Now, last week we talked about how terrible Megan Trainer is, <laughs> but this week we're going to go a little more general and a little more... Well, maybe a little less bitter, I suppose. Um, so this week, both of us have separately picked out one of our favorite controversies from a person in the pop universe at large. And we're just going to talk about it for a little bit. Uh, Morgan, you want to go first? Um, the controversy that I'd have to go with was the whole um, Adele posting the photo of her at a Jamaican festival. Um, oh, yeah. And of course, you know, that spread like a wildfire and it started this whole controversy, this whole controversy, this whole discussion about, you know, cultural appropriation versus cultural appreciation. But it will always be one of my favorites purely because um, I uh, posted a tweet about it and it ended up on a couple different Australian news sites and um, <laughs> I had Australian like I had Australian people tweeting at me for literal weeks oh my god like calling me all sorts of names they were posting screenshots of my tweet talking about oh yeah because real important news from DJ butt stuff Barbie getting posted online and I was like are you fucking kidding me of course <laughs> Like, of course they would find this and they'd come after me for it. Like, leave me alone. I was just trying to get a hit tweet. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely um, a fun one and a pretty recent one. Yeah. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, I have uh, Rita Ora's 2014 tweet uh, in which she said, Dropping my new song Monday if this gets 100,000 retweets. I fucking after which... love that one. <laughs> <laughs> After which, she claimed that she had been hacked and no music would be coming out uh, without her say-so after she failed to reach that margin. Oh, like big time. She was like, I want 100,000 retweets for this song. And I think she got like, uh, like maybe like a thousand. About 2K uh, is what I'm seeing. I Googled it uh, while I was talking about it. And oh my God. Yeah. Oh, way, way under the number. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know why you would just like pretend you got hacked. 
yeah for something like that just like admit oh it it failed or like just jesus just delete the tweet and pretend it never existed you know yeah but to make up this whole like fake hacking story oh so great (laughs) oh it was so great yeah that's that's something you could never get away with today Mm -hmm. not without getting like totally eviscerated and i mean like even in the day she got shit talked a lot but christ yeah Yeah, those screenshots are still going around i love that so much yeah it's so funny so um that covers our two of our favorite controversies bring us into the next segment (laughs) i don't know yes so a little upfront disclaimer thing for all of you our audience uh morgan and i are both really big fans of tovlo and we just kind of wanted to do this segment to express how great she is how underrated she is yeah, someone needs to be singing her praises because uh, no one else will. Yeah, it's pretty unfortunate how little mainstream attention she gets, especially these days when she is putting out consistently great work. Right? I mean, like, I get that a lot of her stuff is, you know, overly sexual, and it's kind of hard to push that to the radio without sort of having to figure out how to censor it. But even then, it's still kind of weird that she has, like, just just consistent quality across the board and no one talks about it i know it like it's shocking like starting even way back at the beginning to look at the quality of the music she was putting out um so her first ep truth serum came out way back in 2014 i had been following her since slightly before it came out um around the time that habits dropped And she had practically no internet presence at that point. It was just like love ballad, habits, and some like interspersed live performances. And that was it. And those two songs are just so good and so fresh. And they remain so good and so fresh. They've held up remarkably well for something that is like we're coming up on 10 years old for some of her earliest works. For real. So yeah, then when we get to the Truth Serum EP, we saw the collection of like Paradise and Over and Out of Mind and Not on Drugs. And this is such a like weirdly concentratedly good package to introduce yourself with. And I feel like that's pretty rare because back in those days it was really common for a lot of artists to have like one or two hits and then the label would say like, "Eh, we don't want to do a full album yet. So let's start with an EP. And the EPs were usually kind of mediocre. Yeah. This one was really good. (laughs) I mean, it's weird, especially because only, I think only two of these songs like made it onto the standard edition of the album. And then the other three were just kind of shelved for a good while Mm -hmm. and then added back onto like the blueprints edition of uh queen of the clouds but this is like such a solid intro like just like who else was doing it like that at the time to come in with an ep where every single song is just almost complete pop perfection you know exactly i i will say that this is my hot take 
controversial opinion for Tovo. Uh, I don't personally enjoy not on drugs, but that is the only weak point on the Truth Serum EP for me. And the fact that it was a single still does gall me to this day. But getting over that into Queen of the Clouds. <laughs> I mean, I will agree with you there. If if I had to pick like a weakish track out of those, I would say not on drugs. I don't hate it as much as you seem to, but yeah, I, I would have to give you that one. That is kind of a weird choice for a single when literally anything else is sitting right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like we could have gotten a video for Paradise or Over or even Love Ballad. Like a Love Ballad video would be really good. That would, yeah, that would have been really good. <laughs> okay, so then we get into Queen of the Clouds. Yes. What are your general thoughts on this album as a package, like compared to Truth Serum? I mean, I think it was, I mean, it was definitely a sort of, it really is like the spiritual successor to Truth Serum. She really took what she was working on. She expanded on it, did a whole album. But I think that the drawback was that only so many of these tracks actually kind of follow through with that same punch that Truth Serum had, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I've, Looking at this track list, I've really always kind of considered this her weakest album. It was it was a good intro for her, and it's very reminiscent of, of a lot of pop trends at the time, while also still kind of pushing into her own thing, as she usually always does. But the quality on some of these tracks just doesn't quite match what she had already done with Truth Serum, and then what would she would go on to do with her later albums. Mm-hmm. I think... The thing that sticks out the most about some of these like tracks of lesser quality is that they don't have the kind of bombastic nature that I would expect of a Tovlo song from later. Yeah. Like, especially stuff like Thousand Miles, uh, Got Love, uh, Run on Love. Mm, it's just okay wait hold on run on love no no don't do her don't do her like that okay okay (laughs) okay i would say (laughs) i would say for run on love i much prefer the version that was released as a single earlier with uh versus the the queen of the clouds edit the original lucas nord version yeah that yeah yes the original is better yeah that is very true the version that is on the album is of lesser quality let's be honest yeah i didn't find the lucas nord version until maybe like a couple years after i had already been listening to the queen of the clouds edit that's on the album um and Uh i liked the one that's on the album but then i found the original and was like wait a minute hold up yeah it's it's significantly better yeah and um that was one of uh, again, one of those few tracks that was out before Truth Serum. Um, I forgot it earlier, but it was like Run On Love, Strangers, and then the two singles. Oh, yeah, Strangers. So that, that was like, yeah, Strangers is so good, but we, we can talk about that later. Yeah. So if you had to pick a favorite track from Queen of the Clouds, what would it be? Um, ooh. Are we talking like Blueprint Edition and everything, like everything included on this album? All-encompassing. Ooh, that's, that's tough, only because it's... For me, it's a toss-up between, I would say, My Gun, Moments, and I'd have to say Crave. Crave? Really? Yeah, I'd say between Interesting. between those three, I think, are, are the ones that I kind of gravitate towards the most. Okay. I would say it's sort of a toss-up between My Gun time bomb and habits for me yeah i know i know you love time bomb but i just i get i get the concept i get what she was going for with that but it just it does not click with me 
I just, I don't enjoy it. That's totally fair. It is a weird song, and it took some time to grow on me. Yeah. And the, the kind of off-kilterness of the verses is tough to listen to sometimes, mm. but I think it really does work, and it creates the mood she was aiming for with that particular song. Yeah, like, I get what she was doing with that, and I think she executed it well. I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's awful. It's just, it's just not my taste, you know? It doesn't... Yeah, that's pretty fair. How about videos for this era? Like, honestly, these videos are, eh, not amazing. Yeah, see, and I'm not, I'm really not one to keep up with music videos all that often, but, um... I don't do it a ton. I watched all these as they came out, and I was like, "Mm, these are only okay. She didn't have a high budget then, it was obvious. The original Habits video is better than the new one, I will say that. Yeah, that's very fair. I'd probably have to say Habits would be my favorite one, just because I feel like the concept goes so well with the song. Yes, for sure. And just like the the kind of grossness of it and the truly hedonistic aspects of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It absolutely... I feel like that video out of everything that era was the best at like capturing the vibe of the song completely. Yes, yes, absolutely. So then uh, we have a couple years of In Between where she's just doing mostly collabs and stuff. Yeah. And then we get to 2016's Ladywood. Ugh, what a time. Ugh. Oh, what a time indeed. This, I, see, it's hard for me to pick sort of my favorite album of hers because this album is beginning to end just nonstop, just bangers. The quality is nonstop. Like, it's it's literal pop perfection beginning to end. It. It does not stop until the album is over. Yes, that is uh, certainly correct. Like, she packed in all these different elements of electronic music. Like, there's techno influence, there's electronica, there's synth pop, there's all kinds of different things. And though the vibe changes over the course of the the two parts, it always remains cohesive and living in the same universe i would say the only track that kind of feels like an outlier to me is vibes yeah i i really love vibes i think it's a good song but it really does kind of throw it off especially where it kind of relies more on the acoustic guitar than anything else for good chunks of the song Mm -hmm. but there is the the melodyned vocals that kind of help bring it back to the dancey world that the rest of the album is from yeah but like when you just look at the track list and you like play each song in your head individually it's like banger 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 it's ridiculous it, it just does not stop like you could just play this album cover to cover at a club and I feel like it would just work. No one would even, no one would even mind. Uh, yeah, honestly, they probably wouldn't. Like, you could even, well, maybe you could cut the interludes, uh, Fairy Dust and Fire Fade. Yeah. Just because I feel like yeah. they do bring the energy down a little bit. But even, even without them, like, it, it still works. See, I feel like Fairy Dust is good because it, it just kind of flows perfectly into influence. I feel like it, it works really good as an intro to the album just because it kind of, mm-hmm. just kind of sets it up. If you're going to listen to the whole album in one sitting, it's a good intro to sit through but fire fade i feel like mm, meh 
the transition into don't talk about it is kind of cool but for the most part it 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 does kind of bring the vibe down a little bit until you get into the absolute banger that is don't talk about it oh yes don't talk about it it's so good oh i remember i found like the stems for that song online and holy shit just listening through them it's insane yeah i have to imagine because like the just like the the hardness of the way that that drops in that song yeah uh, constructed is just ridiculous like sh- okay so pick a favorite oh god that's so fucking hard um okay maybe pick a least favorite first and then pick a favorite um least favorite every time i mention this this one seems to be a bit of a, a controversial take but i really am not the biggest fan of imaginary friend i actually have the same opinion <laughs> it just i don't know the lyrics are kind of like overly simplistic the way it is produced is nice but uh, something about it doesn't quite like fully click to me i also think that because it's sandwiched between don't talk about it and keep it simple which are two songs that just go so hard yeah probably also doesn't help yeah and then you just kind of have like this simple little song in the middle and it's kind of like Ooh, she kind of got the shit end of that stick, you know? Yeah, for sure. I Yeah, like, maybe if you pushed Imaginary Friend down to, like, after Flashes and right before What the Fuck Love Is, I think that would have helped. Yeah, that really would have helped. Especially because, like, the intensity of Flashes kind of followed by uh, What the Fuck Love Is, it does always kind of throw me a little bit because What the Fuck Love Is is kind of understated a little bit more. It, yes, compared to the rest of the album, it is pretty yeah. understated. Especially compared to just the second half of the album. Uh, Yeah, surely. I mean, like, Keep It Simple, Don't Talk About It, Flashes, those are such big songs. Yeah, for real. The last track, it it does kind of build on itself, but it still really doesn't hold up compared to those other three. But I feel like if you kind of shuffled Imaginary Friend in there right before it, I feel like it would kind of of soften the blow a little bit and kind of help give it a little more of kind of a a musical context. I would tend to agree with that, yeah. yeah. That said, we have haven't really talked much about the first half of the album yeah i was gonna say we're kind of neglecting them and the it's, it's... That, that, that's like four perfect tracks in a row influence ladywood true disaster cool girl like the <laughs> and literally like those four songs alone tell a full story oh absolutely yeah like you get high, you meet somebody at the club, they fuck you over, and then you're over them. And it's, mm-hmm. and each one of those songs is just, and it's weird because even Cool Girl, which falls more into the like understated category, it works so well being kind of followed by or kind of being preceded by those three songs. Well, yeah, because it has that, like, iciness to it that um, not all the other tracks have. Yeah, it it really holds its own. So should we talk about the short film? Or? I would love to. <laughs> what are your thoughts on it as a whole? Honestly, I love... The first half is just... It's so good. The Ladywood scene alone is mind-blowing. Um the true disaster scene is really great cool girl amazing um vibes and influence feel a little weaker but influence at least does a a job of kind of setting everything up whereas vibes just kind of like happen i do love um the fact that the fairy dust short film had to be taken off of youtube for a while because the credit scene is literally just her fingering herself while oh yes that's so funny to me while and my favorite thing is that um while the credits are rolling bitches is playing which at the time was not a thing like it wasn't released yeah 
I mean, people thought it was called like "What I Want for the Night" or something. Yeah. And then she had to like tell us like explicitly, no, this is a song called "Bitches." It's not out yet. <laughs> Which, <laughs> like, "What I Want for the Night" is like a good title, but the fact that she had to pop in and be like, "Actually, no, it's it's a it's it's a called bitches." It's like I I love that. Um, yeah, that was uh, that's very cute. The the fire fade short film I feel like is a little weaker. The don't talk about it is a good scene flashes is a really cool scene but you really only get half the song which is kind of disappointing but um what the fuck love is the visual for that i feel like really kind of ties everything together pretty nicely i feel like it was a it was a good way to kind of bring it all in yeah you could definitely tell that the second half of the album got a lower budget than the first half yeah (laughs) as far as the short film which is weird because the second half of the film they had like they had like that rotating room set up for scenes like flashes which is like that's kind of a a little more of a high budget thing so i feel like maybe they They must have blown some cash on it and that kind of detracted from everything else and that kind of shot them in the foot yeah yeah i guess so i think that pretty much covers ladywood yeah okay so let's move on to blue lips from 2017 so this was this was the album that got me into her um like i had known about her back you know back in like the truth serum era uh one of my friends played habits for me and i remember thinking god this is awful like i hated it at the time and then i just like Mm. avoided her at all costs it was so weird um but then disco tits showed up in like a recommended playlist like right before Blue Lips came out and I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I don't like this Tovlo person, but that's an interesting title. And I like immediately fell in love with the song. Blue Lips came out. I listened to that album and I think it was equal parts like where I like kind of the headspace that I was in at the time and just the nature of this album. It mm-hmm. completely soundtracked like a like a significant like like a significant moment in my life, which is so crazy. Like I'll mm-hmm. always associate this whole album with like that one specific time period for me. I think I think the thing that strikes me the most about this era is that it had so little fanfare around it. Yeah. Like, we knew that she was going to release a second part Mm -hmm. to the whole Ladywood saga, but we didn't know, like, up until a month prior to release... We had no details, pretty much. Like, we knew Disco Tits was going to be on it, but we didn't really know anything else. Yeah, it was really weird, especially because this album is, like, it's a lot darker. It is pretty dark. I mean, like, the the narratives being explored on this one are not so much, like, um, explosive. They're more introspective i guess you could say yeah like ladywood we got some deep cuts with like uh keep it simple and flashes but blue lips she came in and she was like no no this whole album is is just deep cuts i think this album maybe more so than ladywood suffers from the two halves not being of equal quality necessarily oh yeah no i 100 percent think that the second half of this album completely outshines the first <laughs> It's funny you should say that because I think the opposite. <laughs> I mean, I can understand that because you have songs like Disco Titch, She Don't Know What She Knows, Strangers, um, Bitches. Like it's that half of the album has a lot more of kind of like the up-tempo sort, you know, like kind of it flows well coming off of Ladywood because those have more of the bangers. Mm-hmm. But some of the tracks like um, Shivering Gold, Don't Ask, Don't Tell, they're good, but they're not my favorites. Whereas like... See, I, I love Shivering Gold, but you are right about Don't Ask, Don't Tell. That is the one weak point on the first half of the album, the Light Beams chapter. Yeah, because I don't know. It's I think it's a good song and it's it's kind of a 
good track for her to have written, but it, it does feel a little out of place, especially between Shiver and Golden Stranger. Yeah, I don't understand the placement whatsoever. Stranger is huge, and Shivering Gold is like a smack in the face, and then Don't Ask, Don't Tell is like piano. Yeah, what? that was kind of like <laughs> the ballad of the album, but I feel like if she had switched Don't Ask, Don't Tell and Shivering Gold on the track list, I think it would have worked a little better. Especially, Maybe a little bit. I, I feel like... Like, you could even switch Don't Ask, Don't Tell down with like 9th of October or Cycles or something, and I think it would work a little better. I would say maybe with Romantics. Uh, yeah, maybe also that. Yeah, because I feel like the second half of the album, like, Romantics is like, it's a cute moment, and it sets, it really sets sets up like the darker tone of the second half of the album but like the punch of just cycles all the way through to hey you got drugs it's like a non-stop like she is just punching you in the throat the entire time so obviously we have some varied opinions on this one so yeah. i don't expect us to have the same ones when it comes to picking a least favorite track that's kind of tricky because it's it's a toss-up for me between shivering golden don't ask don't tell but i'd probably have to i'd probably have to say my least favorite would be shivering gold only because that's really like the one song i don't have any sort of emotional attachment to i i don't know something about that song just like the way the verses are written is yeah. so interesting yeah. to me yeah it's it's less about the quality for me and really just because like i don't know it's it's the one song on there that i don't like super click with like emotionally i don't know i just think there's there's something about it like melodically that just like really hits at the right spot yeah for me though i i know that this is you're not gonna like this choice but i would i think it's 9th of october is my least favorite <sighs> i mean yeah i i understand i can get where you're coming from on that because musically it it or well production wise it really kind of has the least to offer but yeah i think it's just just because it holds like a place in my heart that i love it so much but i i would get where you're coming from by saying that yeah and then like secondarily i would say bad days ah. but I, I i think bad days is slightly more solid like i i get where she was coming from with that one whereas with 9th of october it just feels kind of like underwritten in a lot of ways yeah. Well, I mean, she talked about in an interview where it was literally like she had just kind of written this poem and took it into the studio and they were like, yeah, just kind of go in the booth and just kind of do whatever feels right and we'll we'll go in and we'll score under you. So, I mean, I mean like, I understand how that could be emotionally cathartic. I just don't think the results are as good. Yeah, I think like the circumstances of kind of how they made the song did kind of hurt it a little bit. Yeah, probably so. Now let's talk best track. I, I can guess yours, I bet. I mean, I really do want to say Disco Tits. I really do, because that that song is just legendary. But? But I do also think that um, Hey You Got Drugs is like one of the most incredible deep cuts I've ever heard. That's the one. I knew it. <laughs> but yes, I also agree. Hey You Got Drugs is um, perhaps her best closer today. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. I was going to say uh, Sunshine Kitty, but no. Hey, You Got Drugs absolutely, absolutely holds that title. Um, yeah, it can't be Sunshine Kitty because like anywhere you go, it's good. But is it Hey, You Got Drugs? See, I think that it has like a similar vibe to it, but it's like um, it's like Seth said one time. Um, anywhere you go, it's just Hey, You Got Drugs in the daylight. Yeah, but I, I you know, Tovlo is a nighttime artist. Yeah, and those more like nighttime sort of vibes are some of her best tracks. Absolutely. I mean, that's, I think, why I would pick for my favorite 
stranger that is also very much up there for me especially Uh like that very intense like when it gets real intense for a second where she just starts kind of going in just almost like yelling it feels like talking about you know i want to be what you want me to be i'll go anywhere no rules i don't care just take me home like just like the intensity in that one moment chills every time absolutely absolutely i'm totally on board with you and i think the the most intriguing part of stranger is that she said it was kind of an older song that she repurposed i mean how do you sit on that that is Oh, yeah. Like she talked about how she wrote that like a like a long time ago. Like it almost made it sound like it was like kind of around like Queen of the Clouds kind of time, you know. And she just like yeah, that's sat on kind it. of what I understood it as. And that like shocked me when she told me that because or she told me said that in an interview. <laughs> told me, <laughs> <laughs> right? We're best friends apparently. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, like when she talked about that in the interview, and she said, "Yeah, like I repurposed this from like years ago." The production and especially the vocal delivery like it feels so like current of that time Uh, stranger i mean hey you got drugs is up there but it has to be stranger for me yeah i yeah i would say my top three is definitely between disco tits hey you got drugs and stranger and uh also before we uh move on to our next part of this i just want to give a shout out to light beams for being an immensely perfect opener oh my god when I uh, when I saw her live in L.A. a couple years ago, she opened the show with like a slightly remixed version of Light Beams. Mm-hmm. I almost cried. I'm not even going to lie. I like <laughs> like I'm, that I'm sure you did. and then like just disco tit starting and like feeling that bass in my chest. Like I it was like a religious experience almost. Um, my only drawback with Light Beams is um, like when I've been sitting there like bawling my eyes out to, Hey, you got drugs. And then the album loops back into light beams. And I'm like, okay, I guess it's time to party again. Like shit. It like, doesn't let up on you. Yeah. She's like, Oh, are you done crying now? We're going to party. Like it's just, it's, it's just such a funny little moment every time to me. But yeah, I I think it's really funny that she chose to, she wrote the song disco tits based on, purely the title she was like i want to write a song called disco tits and then didn't actually include the phrase disco tits in the title right and then push that off to light beams for real it was so weird she like and she talked about she was like yeah like i was at coachella and i was wearing like this like mirrored like bra and someone called me disco tits and she was like yeah let's do that but i mean hey you and i both know sometimes crazy shit will inspire you oh for sure yeah, no, there. I I give her all the credit in the world for having such a unique perspective on songwriting in this very specific, like hypersexual, hyper emotional way. Yeah, that doesn't feel necessarily like overtly feminine yeah i think that's an interesting aspect about her it's i mean it is really crazy that she can go from writing like these incredibly sexual but i think the way that she writes her sexual tracks more so comes from a sense of like honesty rather than she's not writing to be sexual she's writing a sexual song because that's just how she is yeah how she feels yeah i mean and you get that with her performances with her like constantly just like taking her top off and yes. like being freely 
uh, open about that, you know? Yeah, it more so comes from a sense of honesty rather than a sense of like, oh, I'm going to be sexual to be sexual, you know, and because otherwise it would feel forced, but it doesn't because it comes from such a, a pure place for her. So do you want to talk about the short film for Blue Lip? See, I got so excited because like the visuals, like the little like film posters that she was posting were so cute. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Like, I love this album and the short film because I thought it was going to be like Ladywood. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, I think the visuals were really nice, but the rest of it was just kind of meh. Conceptually, it's it's a letdown. Like, let's be honest. Most of the focus is on that other girl who just happens to be the main character yeah and it's kind of confusing and it's especially weird because like the disco tits video was so good it was great and then and then, and then the short film just kind of yeah because mm. like the disco tits video in itself is borderline like short film and yes absolutely and you would think kind of expanding on that it would have been more than it was but i feel like she was a little too focused on trying to tell a story where there really kind of isn't one with that album. I would agree with that, yeah. And I I was especially hyped because of the Bitches video, the Bitches remix video. Oh yeah, with, I forgot um, about that. Oh, yeah, all I the others. And that also was kind of a self-contained narrative short film thing. Yeah, and that video is hilarious. That video is hilarious. It is so fucking funny and it is also just like a really great expressive tool honestly it it 100 percent is and you know you can tell that every single person on set was having an absolute blast while filming that it's it's obvious on all of their faces that they're just like grinning from ear to ear because they know this is so ridiculous oh yeah they were absolutely having fun with that the whole way but yeah so to have those two excellent videos followed up by the short film which i should add features multiple cool girl remixes a song that is not even on the album yeah i thought that was kind of a weird choice because it's like i did not get that (laughs) yeah especially because she had like an entire disco tits remix ep just kind of sitting there exactly and she used to like one she didn't even use disco tits in the in the film. She used a remix like once. Yeah. And it was for like 10 seconds or something. It was really quick. Yeah. I the way that the music is weaved throughout the film is just it doesn't work a lot of the time. No. It feels forced. Well, and again, it's I think it's because like when she did like the Ladywood short films, like the two halves of that album really tell a story, but then you get to Blue Lips and like the second half of the album kind of lends to something, but overall, like, it, it doesn't really give you much. It's it's really not the narrative piece yeah. that you would yeah. be expecting for a, a short film like that. There's not cohesion, even though she wants there to be cohesion. Oh, and then the, the fact that Hey You Got Drugs is not in the short film. And then she, like, made a separate video that's not very good. Yeah, like, it's, it's like, a couple quick little shots in the beginning, and then it's just, like, her walking to, walking into, like, a green room and then crying. I know, I, like... I really didn't get what that was supposed to do. Yeah, I, it was a confusing end to the era, because it really was the end to that era, and she's, like, truly moved on from it now. Yeah. Which kind of sucks, because it feels like some potential was wasted, but... <sighs> So um, now we have done the Ladywood saga to death. 
let's move on to her most recent work. Yes. Sunshine Kitty. This was a this was a weird one for me for a little while because it was like I think it was just because where I was coming off of like Ladywood and Blue Lips where it was like, you know, you go from one that's like beginning to end banger 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 and then the second one that was like some bangers and then some like serious deep cuts and then you get to Ladywood which is kind of like what feels to me more of like a more polished version of Queen of the Clouds. Yeah, it's Okay, so the thing that struck me initially about Sunshine Kitty after a first listen was that it's very understated. It's, yeah. It's yeah. not like any of her other albums in the same way. Um, like, there are some big songs, like Are You Gonna Tell Her and Jacques, and, like, even Anywhere You Go to a degree. But a lot of the other stuff is sort of just, like, very down-tempo and yeah. moody. I mean, and that was pretty obvious when um, Glad He's Gone was the lead single. I feel like that was really a big indicator that there was, like, a big shift for her musically, but... I mean, overall, it is a really solid album, but it, it is a lot more understated, especially following everything she had done before that. Exactly. And I think it was her trying to blaze a new trail and say, you know, I'm not a one-trick pony. I can exist in this music industry that is supporting people like Billie Eilish and all those Spotify core people who are really, like, stripping things back a lot. Yeah. And this is her her version of that. Yeah, I mean, it. I feel like it definitely was good for her to kind of do, like, more of an understated album. But over Overall, I mean, it's it's consistent in what it does. It it doesn't try too hard to be anything more than just a fun little pop album from Tovla. I suppose that is a fair assessment. Yeah, I I would say that probably the weakest point on this album is that it feels slightly over collaborated. Yeah, like her her voice kind of starts to get lost in between all these single track featured artists because there's. There's five features on this album, and that is quite a lot for an uh, album that's, like, relatively short. Yeah, I, I really do agree with you there. I think, really, the only, like, the only features that I would really would keep would be, obviously, the Kylie Minogue feature. Gotta. Are you gonna tell her that feature is really kind of essential to the whole song? And then, definitely, uh, Jax Jones being on Jacquez, I think, would need to be. Yeah, I'm right there with you on those. Um... Alma on Bad as the Boy is unnecessary, frankly. Yeah, like it's it's cute, but I could do without it. It could have yeah. it could have easily been a solo track. Absolutely. And I kind of assumed that it was at one point, honestly. More than likely, yeah. Um, and then there's Equally Lost with Doja Cat. I hate that song. I'm sorry. Like it's I really hate it. <laughs> like it's it's cute, but I, I would say that's probably one of the weakest points. I don't listen to that track, like, ever. Yeah, neither do I, honestly. Like, I, I really don't like Doja Cat, and I really don't like the vibe of that song. And those two things combined are just, like, I skip it every single time. Yeah. Especially because Really Don't Like You is right after it, and that song is great. That's, yeah, that is, like, probably the highlight of the album right there. So let's talk 
about the re-release of the album with uh, Sunshine Kitty Paw Prince Edition, which had the additional four tracks tacked on at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So that was Sadder, Badder, Cooler, Bikini Porn, I'm Coming, and Passion and Pain. Not gonna lie, I was kind of disappointed with the repackage only because the only new song that we got out of that was Sadder, Badder, Cooler, and it's cute, but you know... I get what she was trying to do with this but it it was very obviously just here's a thing that needs to boost my streaming numbers a little bit yeah i i just feel like it was kind of wasted potential i would tend to agree yeah um especially like the fact that when she released bikini porn and passion and pain taste the same when i'm weak it was promoted as if those were lead singles for a new album yeah or kind of like separate things yeah it was so when they popped up on here i was confused honestly yeah and i was especially disappointed when the repackage was announced and bikini porn and passion and pain were on there because i really thought that those were like a separate thing she always kind of addressed it as if they were their own separate thing leading towards a new album but at the same time it it did feel a little too fast for her to be pushing out another album cycle already so we kind of should have seen it coming but at the same time we were a little too hopeful yeah and i i kind of have been operating under the assumption that she maybe intended to do another album last year but the pandemic got in the way and also her like marriage and stuff yeah i i would agree with you on that one i i think this was kind of the compromise like i'll just kind of throw all the recent stuff onto this repackage and oh also have a new song Max Martin did it. Yay. <laughs> I just want to say, I I know I've said this on the Discord a million times, Bikini Porn was literally, like, my, like, all-time best song of 2020. It is an excellent song. I would say it is in, like, top three best songs she has released to date. It is so good. <laughs> just... And the video is also so good. It's it's literally the Disco Tits video with no budget. Exactly. <laughs> Just like they, her dancing on top of construction equipment uh, it, it, and in th- like barbershops. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It, I love um, it. Every time I watch it, all I can think of is that one vine of the of that girl dancing on like the cat machine while Gimme More is playing. Oh, and then it like pans over to the city. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, <laughs> it's very that. Very that. They really said, let's get a camcorder and just have her dance around everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's um, so And good. especially the part where he, the guy, like, picks her up and takes her out of the store. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's, the whole, it's, it's so oh. good. But And it was especially a really great follow-up visual-wise following the Glad He's Gone video, which was, like, the opposite end of the budget spectrum. Yeah, that was super high budget. And it got nominated for the Best Music Video Grammy, which it frankly deserved to win it, but didn't it really like i get why old town road won because it was like the big craze at the time and you know but bias aside i really do think that the gladys gone video was like miles better than old town road yeah well it was it was so cinematic they shot it like an actual film yeah and that yeah. Uh, yeah and i mean it even like it had comedic moments it the visuals were really great it just the whole video is so good it really is one of her best videos Uh, for sure absolutely and continuing with the videos there's also the are you gonna tell her video which i think is fantastic as well it's 
probably my least favorite of of like the actual music videos for the era because i'm assuming we're not talking about like the little lyric videos that she did no we can exclude those but um that was probably like the weakest of the three but it was still so good and it fit the concept of the song so well yeah that's the thing i think that i was maybe missing about are you gonna tell her is that that context of like the Brazilian funk stuff and the just that whole atmosphere to it and that video even though it doesn't really star her for much of it yeah she is very much a fixture of it and all these uh dancing uh guests dancer people are just really good focus for that video and it's like very loud and in your face and that song is obviously amazing so yeah it was it was a fitting video for the song it it kind of just got the whole vibe of everything but it, compared to the other two for that era it just didn't hit quite the same you know i guess that's fair i i i don't know i really i enjoy that one as well we are missing one video though yeah i was just gonna say the sadder batter cooler video um which it's clever i'll, I'll give it that yeah i th i thought it was like it was an interesting take to do an animated video and it, I, I think especially around that period, because obviously since it was during a pandemic and it was still very early on, yeah. a lot of people were doing animated videos. Like, I think Dua Lipa was probably the most famous person to do an animated one, but I know there were others. Yeah. Um, but I think this one was particularly successful. Yeah, it especially because, you know, with Sunshine Kitty herself being this cute little animated lynx. Exactly. It, it felt sense. natural. It really did make sense, mm -hmm. yeah, for there to eventually be something a little more fleshed out on the animation part of it. But yeah, it, it was really cute. And then that video led to, like, any of, the, like, the Sadder Batter Cooler remixes. There was, like, a little visual that went along with each remix. She did, like, little interactive coloring pages for the fans. Um, I think that yeah, there she had kind of been wanting to do the animated... I think she wanted to lean into the animated thing for a while, and Sadder Batter Cooler was kind of her gateway into that. That's probably true. Um, I think, like, this, the concept of Sunshine Kitty as a character it was, like, kind of come up with after the album was done, and just, like, used as, here, here's a little cute yellow thing. It's... It's the album concept now. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think she only really decided what she wanted to do with it once she had the opportunity to do the animated video. But, um, and that's one of the reasons that I feel like Sunshine Kitty as an album is a little bit weaker because it's not really conceptually unified. No. Um, it, the concept there, I mean, there really is no concept for the album because if you strip away like the cute little animated Sunshine Kitty, there's really no context in the music of any sort of theme. Um, but it is at least, you know, track to track, it's it's a good album, you know? The The high points are great. The low points don't really get too low, you know? Aside from our distaste of Equally Lost, I really don't think that there's necessarily a bad track on the album. Um, I would say, like, other weaker tracks would be probably, like, 
come undone and stay over. I feel like the the vibe for those is too samey throughout. There's no versatility shown in them. Yeah. And um, the rest of the album just feels more dynamic to me. That's Yeah, that's fair. I think what she does on Come Undone is very similar to what she does on Mateo, and Mateo is first. So it was a bad idea to have those right next to each other in the track list. Yeah, that is really fair. My, uh, my only complaint with the track list is the fact that Jacques precedes uh, Mateo. Yes. It goes from like cute little French bop to just sad. Like it's a complete 180. Yeah, it is kind of dramatic. And that is like the exact halfway point in the track list. So I don't know. Maybe there's something there. Yeah. Um, we haven't talked enough about Jacques. That's a, that's a really good song. <laughs> have I been saying it wrong this entire time? <laughs> I assume you have. Like, I, I yeah, it, it is pronounced Jacques. Okay, well, that's a, that's gonna be fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, to, to my credit though, French is a weird language. It is. Um, I took three years of it in high school. So oh, I'm sorry. It, it, I can say definitely it's weird. Um, that song, that was another song that was out before the rest of the album. And it was, yes. It slaps so hard oh immensely it, hard it has no business slapping like i i would say that's probably like the biggest slapper on the album by far um i like just the way it's written to like um the progression of the narrative like ask me for my cigarette so that he can taste my lips and start to work me that tells a great story just like those four lines alone yeah right out the gate it's you know exactly what's about to go down exactly and then just like the the drop in the chorus it's so cleanly produced and just like throughout it feels so intentionally done i i don't know there's it just feels like a lot of work went into it i mean it just it works so well in the track list you know like it Mm -hmm. it's like if you didn't tell me that it was it was like a collaborative track on someone else's album i would never know so we've already talked least favorite track basically like it's equally lost yeah <laughs> um favorite Ooh. i would have to say my favorite is probably anywhere you go i just i love it it's cute it i feel like it closes off the album well i like that she talked about the history of that song being that she originally had written it with the intention of just sending it off to somebody else but then thought wait a minute this is actually kind of personal and she kept it for herself for the album i think my choice would probably be are you gonna tell her yeah that song is really good so now we are going to move on to other intermittent releases this includes collabs and soundtrack singles and stuff like that um rather than go into depth on all of these i figure we can just go back and forth and say like i'll say the track you say good or bad i'll say good or bad we move on gotcha so we're gonna start with strangers with seven lions and mayan and shane 54 so good so good so good great track um heroes we could be with alesso uh kind of over it just because it was like big on the radio but it is good um uh, yeah like honestly i hate it at this point it's <laughs> yeah i'm not into it <laughs> uh scream my name i don't listen to that one too much but it, it is good i feel like it, it fits well on that soundtrack mm -hmm. i would say good as well uh scars um i actually do not know that one um i don't remember what that was from i think 
the Allegiant soundtrack. I think so, yeah. Um, yeah, um, it's, it's like, okay. Uh, Rumors with Adam Lambert. I'm really just not, like, the biggest fan of Adam Lambert, so I'm kind of gonna have to pass on that one a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of that one either. Uh, Come Back to Me with Urban Cone. Um, I also don't know that one. That one slaps, you should listen to that. Okay, I will. Um, desire with years and years um that uh kind of kind of i think i listened to it maybe once or twice yeah i'm not really a fan i don't like ali alexander's voice it's not my thing uh fun with coldplay it's it's another one i maybe listened to once or twice because i'm not really the biggest on coldplay yeah again not a big fan uh close with nick jonas it's it's good. I feel like their voices kind of complement each other well, but I, I don't reach for it. I don't like it at all. Nick Jonas's voice is awful. I've never liked it. <laughs> um, say it with flume. Absolute fucking slapper. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not the hugest fan of it. It's good. Really? My, uh, my first exposure to that was actually when I saw her live for the first time and she played it and I was like, wait, like I heard it, but I don't know it. And then I went back and I listened to it and just immediately fell in love with it again. Um, Freak of Nature with Broods. Um, also don't know that one. It's really boring. <laughs> um, Out of My Head with Charlie XCX and Alma. Uh, I really didn't care for that one too much. I kind of like that one actually. Uh, that That was one of the few songs from pop 2 that i could deal with yeah i didn't really enjoy that one too much on pop 2 really uh lies in the dark fucking banger very good like love that one outsold everything else on that soundtrack yeah like easily bitches remix with iconopop charlie xcx alma and elephant um i prefer the original over the remix but the remix is really good fair um, the remix is definitely good. Colorblind with Karma Feel. Um, I maybe listened to that once. It's forgettable. <laughs> Blow That Smoke with Major Laser. Another slapper. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It took me a while to grow on me, though. I really love the chorus. Like, the, the rest of the song is, it's it's a little meh, but the chorus is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's that seems accurate. Um, Heart Attack with Phoebe Ryan. Um, I don't, I don't know if I ever listened to that. That one is really good. Like, okay. the melody of that one is, ooh, yes, up there. Um, the There's this um, great line in the chorus. Talking is cheap, let me show what I mean with my body. It's, it's extremely good. Um, win-win with Diplo. Um, love it. I'm not a big fan of that one. Really? I think, I think it's mostly just her vocal delivery and then like the drop, but like separately. Uh, fair. Um, I, I find the production kind of annoying on that one. I can kind of get that. Yeah. Um, Diva with Azar and Sway Lee. I did not like it. I hate that one. Sway Lee's voice is so annoying. Yeah. I, I, eh. Her parts were okay, but the rest of it, no. Yeah. Um, worst behavior with Alma. Um, I don't think I ever listened to it, just because I didn't really feel the need for Bad as the Boys Part 2. Yeah, it was thoroughly meh. Uh, not not necessary to listen to at all. Um, Calling on Me with Sean Paul. It was okay. Yeah, like, it's solid. I've actually heard that one in public a couple of times, which is surprising. Don't Say Goodbye with Alok and Ilke Senkan. Um, I kind of put off listening to that one because when she would like post the chorus of the song all over social media, I was kind of like, eh. But then when I like actually listened to it, immediately fell in love. Yeah, that song is 
quite good. Yeah. Um, I I hope that's kind of the direction her material is going in. Oh, I would hope so. And then ending on the one of her most recent ones, Buzz Buzz Hop Hop. <laughs> okay, <laughs> not going to lie, I did listen to it. It's it's cute. It, it served its purpose on a kid's album. Yeah, um, I think that's the most we can say about it. It's it, it, yeah. like it's not supposed to be taken seriously. No. I just can't believe it, you were you're like curating a children's album and you ask her. Of all people, I don't get that whatsoever. It was a weird collection on that album. Yeah, imagine being the parent. You're like, oh, this is a good song. I wonder what else she does. Oh, I bet this this girl who I've never heard of before is some famed children's musician. Let me look it up. <laughs> Put on disco tits. Sunshine Kitty. I'm that sounds like a cute album. I'm wet through all my clothes. God, right. <laughs> what do you mean? There's a Muppet in that video. It's obviously kid friendly. Oh, clearly. <laughs> um, so that pretty much covers collaborations. So let's move on to her rather limited selection of unreleased songs. Yeah. So first one that ever leaked was Jealousy which was a demo that she sent to the French singer Tal and was released by her. Um, I, I didn't know that it was sent to somebody else and released, but her her demo, is it's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, that song smacks. I think it could have been on Queen of the Clouds and no one would have really bat an eye at that. Yeah, I would have been fine with that. Like, kick off The Way That I Am or, I don't know, one of the other meh tracks yeah. and put that on, Yeah. Um, Evil Spawn. Um, I think I listened to that maybe once or twice and, eh, eh, eh. I like that one a lot, actually. I think, um, it's, like, the production is fairly dated, but it, it's still a good song. Mm. Um, Good Guys. I did not like that one. Yeah, like, the guitar-y production, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. Yeah, I saw- Um, and then the mess, the message of that song is awful. <laughs> yeah. I saw people hyping it up, like, in YouTube comments on her other unreleased songs. I was like, oh, let me listen to it. And I was like, ew? Yeah, it's, it's, I think it was mostly hyped up because we didn't have very much at that point. It was, like, fair. Jealousy, That's Evil fair. Spawn, Paradise Demo, and that. Oh, the Paradise Elko. Yeah. Um, Perfect Loop. Um, I don't know if I ever listened to that one. Eh. It's kind of repetitive i have all of her unreleased on my phone and i have not listened to most of a lot of them it's just not worth it um but there are like a couple gems yeah um next up is how'd you do it um i don't know if i listen to that one either you need to listen to that one immediately it is so fucking funny i actually it's a song about her butt what it like it's it's literally like you look so good i can't believe it your ass is a 10 mine is a nine how'd you achieve that (laughs) it's it's literally a song about her being jealous of someone else's ass i actually don't have that wait i'm missing i'm missing like a track number six on here so that's probably what it was on my list that's probably it then yeah i need to i need to go find it you need to listen to that one it's so funny then next up is too far um i don't think i've heard that one either that one is basically just like a hook and it's not a good hook Uh, (laughs) she never really went back to it gotcha um give me more see when when i saw that i was like oh hey it's a it's a britney cover great and it uh wasn't i was kind of disappointed by that but i i really don't remember that one um it's one of the more finished ones uh i think it's pretty good 
actually. I'll have to give it a spin sometime. Yeah. Um, then next is uh, Demons, which was a demo for the Miss Mister song Pieces. I think I clicked on that maybe once. I remember. I, I, it's not a great song. I haven't really gone through a lot of her unreleased only because a lot of it seems to be like Queen of the Clouds era. It mostly is, yeah, what we have. Um, the next up is Exhibit A. I don't think I've even heard of that one. It's eh. It's kind of ballady. It's not that great. Oh. Then next is On Ice. Slaps. Yes, that song is woo that that like nobody's watching me part is really good yeah and then this is a song about dancing um it's i mean it's not terrible but it's also not anything phenomenal yeah it's it's a little eh. i just like i just love it because would i would i care if i heard it in a club no i would dance to it but yeah if i'm just listening on my own eh. yeah no I only, like, really love that song only because she literally debuted it on an Animal Crossing concert. Okay, now, the Animal Crossing concert was just the first place it got debuted widely. She actually did play it in a DJ set live prior to that. Did she? But that wasn't very widely publicized. Ah, okay, yeah. Did not know that. So, yes, um, the Animal Crossing DJ set was the first time a lot of people got to hear it. Yes. Uh, okay, that's, that's fair. Um, then we have a couple of demos. Paradise Demo. It, it's, I almost want to say I think it's better than the final. I, it's a toss-up, honestly. They're, they're kind of two different directions on that song, but I think both are good, yeah. and they work. Then the Way That I Am demo. Eh. It's it's more boring than the final, which I already find a little bit boring. Yeah. So. Um, and then the influence demo, the solo one. It's it's good, but I do prefer the final. Yeah, I think I I'm surprised to say it, but I think Wiz Khalifa did add something to this song. Yeah. Wow, did I just praise a man for doing something? <laughs> and Wiz Khalifa of all people. Of all people. I mean, oh, his I know. his verse on that is really good, though. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like that, like double time, quick delivery sort of thing. It works. Yeah. I think that pretty much covers it. We are just about done. Yeah. We've, we've been here a while, but yeah, we've, that is an exhaustive look at Tovlo's discography. Yes, indeed. Um, I am very glad to have taken this journey with you. Oh yeah. Hopefully the audience enjoyed this, and if you're not already into Tovlo, get in. You need to, like, jump in on that because it's it's insane. You're missing out on so much. Jump in. You're not slick. Anyway. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> yeah, f- you, like, follow her, you know? <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> all right, well, um... That's all for this segment. We will um, see you at the end. And there we go, folks. That's the end of the show. Thanks for joining us here on the Planet Eclipse podcast. Um, I know I had a great time. Uh, Morgan, I hope you did too. Yeah, it was a lot of fun getting to talk about one of my favorite artists. Especially with another fan who gets it in the same way, even if our opinions don't line up one-to-one. Oh, yeah, Um, totally. So thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again next week. 
Bye. Bye.